This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me today as always is Cara Thistlebright. Hello. And the Eddie Howe train keeps on rolling ladies and gentlemen. Another two wins in the bag for the Magpies. Ninth in the, the heady heights of ninth in the table. We are top half people. Sound the klaxon. I just wanted to finish above Man United. <laughs> I believe mathematically we still can. No, it needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, Newcastle are going to be disappointed. <laughs> we need to finish above Man United. Just just for hilarity's sake. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, just to reflect on, yeah, so obviously this was a, we had a 1-0 win over Palace at home in midweek and then a 3-0 win at Norwich on Saturday. Also, two, two awesome results. First one, that fabulous goal from Miguel Moron to give us that 1-0 win. Just, well, great ball from Bruno, but then after that, basically just a brilliant solo goal and finish from Real Moron. Yeah, it's good for Real Moron as well, and obviously for Newcastle. It's been a while since he's been able to do that. It seems like a good long time since we've seen Real Moron at his best. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a glimmer um, of his previous... Um, ability and capability that we were seeing last season so for him to then have that solo goal is, is really good for for everybody hopefully that confidence is then going to spread through the other team and well we, we saw that in which we'll come to in a sec but we saw the confidence in in the Norwich game with for uh Jonlington. but yeah six consecutive win at St James's Park so yeah I mean it, it, I heard that that was the first time that we've done that since Sir Bobby Robson's time at the club, which means that we, we never actually once did that during the Mike Ashley era. Um, no, I mean, I know obviously even at home, six wins in a row for, for any team who aren't a Man City, a Liverpool, um, etc. that sort of, uh, you know, sort of top, top tier team is, is a hell of an achievement. So it's not like it's, it's something that happens regularly for, for, "Quote unquote normal teams, as it were, but still, that's that is enormous. That we've really turned St James's Park into a bit of a fortress now, um, and yeah, let the, let the good times keep rolling on that front. Um, and as you say, yeah, Almiron, I believe it was his first goal in thirty nine games. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, essentially an entire season's worth of games. And as you say, it's it's nice to see him getting back in on the action. I said. He's not, you know, played too much this season. He's he's been out of the team a bit while other te- other players have been shining in his place. And as you say, we've been kind of waiting for him to really get back to the 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 Almiron that we that we know and love. Um, hopefully, this is a a spark for that because he is a player that I've got a lot of time for. I just I love seeing that smile <laughs> on his face. You know, it, it was such a lovely moment when when he scored. And obviously, yes, as I said, it's been so long. I think it was such a release for him, just sort of tearing his shirt off and jumping into the <laughs> into the crowd. You know, it's um, it's a nice nice thing to see, nice moment for him. And 
I, I don't know what's going to happen with Almiron's future. He's certainly, at least based on my recent, certainly this season, he, he's one that maybe you would look at as one that we would move on. Personally, I want him to stay. I want to, I want to see that kind of potential, see what heights he might be able to get to in a team that's a bit more forward-thinking, a bit more positive, one that's got a bit more ambition. So I, I certainly, personally hope that he stays. Um, but if he is playing for his future, then that goal will certainly do his case no harm. Um, I think Eddie Howe said after the game, you know, that it, apparently he is one of the one of the top uh, performers in training. You know, he always he always gives it that hundred percent in training as well. Uh, which, uh, to be honest, with, with Almer, I think is, is someone I wouldn't. Um, I, I would never not expect that if that makes sense. Because yeah, um, yeah. he. Good or bad, he he does still always give hundred percent of the pitch. You don't see him not trying, even if it even if it's a game where it's not going for him. Uh, blessing, to be fair, but um, yeah, brilliant goal, a brilliant moment, and then to keep that momentum going again into um, Saturday's match with Norwich. Yeah, really good. As you said, the confidence of like it's it's just really spreading throughout the whole team as well, um, which we're seeing. As I mean. <laughs> Again, listeners, sound the klaxon. Not one, but two goals from Joe Winton. He already, I think, he only had two all season. Yeah, he doubled his total in one game. Yeah, in about five or six minutes, I think, um, apart, and and a, a really good, um, really good finish from him on the first one. Really, sort of whipped that into the uh, into the back of the net. Um, but it's all created from Newcastle as a team being able to go forward. Um, players being in that right position, wanting to be in that final quarter, wanting to be in the penalty area to pick up on things and then being able to react, which I think is something that was really missing before. The players just not having that, not being the first to the ball, not pressing, not showing the willingness or um, the confidence to be able to have a shot on goal and all these things are now accumulating. Um, and yeah, it's all coming up Newcastle. Yep, it's all coming up Newcastle. We are the mill house of the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, spreading the goal around, because as we know, Chris Wood's not really been firing, well, only two, only two goals for us um, since he joined in January. Well, I mean, we've spoken a lot about him. So, you know, it's not really been happening for him. It's It's been really, um, it's been great for the team, as we, as we said, and it, as we've seen in recent games, for those goals to be coming from from different areas. See, as we know, Jolinton, I'm not sure he's ever going to be much of a goal scorer for us. I think, I believe he was also making his, uh, his 100th Premier League appearance for us as well. Um, so, nice way for him to mark that occasion. But, yeah, he's never really going to be a consistent goal scorer for us. But, any time he can chip in, he's always going to be really useful for us as someone who we didn't bring in as a as a striker, even though he's now obviously reinvented himself, um, you know, as this sort of amazing monster in midfield. And I mean, Bruno, again, nominally <laughs> brought in as essentially as a holding midfielder. That's now four goals in seven starts. He's effectively taken over with Jolinton's previous role. They've, they've swapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and also, I mean, as, as we were discussing, actually, um, whilst we were watching the highlights yesterday... Bruno, I mean, of those four goals, three of them, absolute stunners. I mean, there was the, the he's the first one, which was the backheeled volley. 
Then against Leicester, obviously got two. One of them was that one that was scrambled between sort of Schmeichel's legs, but then the other one was a diving last second uh, winning, diving header, or your know, last minute winner. And then, yeah, the goal against Norwich. I mean, the, again, the confidence of that to take that chip on and to execute it so well. Yeah. Um, yes, we were capitalising on a, on a Tim Krull mistake, giving the ball away, but it still required Bruno to, to do that pressing. And then, as you say, to completely just dink it over him. Yeah. So perfectly. I think the temptation at that point is you see a lot of players taking that extra touch. Yeah. And either then getting uh, caught up by the defence or d- the goalkeeper or just going too wide. But no, yeah, he's a beautiful chip, really. And again, not that I've got anything against Norwich at all. I think they might not be mathematically down, but well, realistically, I think they've been down for a while. Uh, and this certainly isn't going to help their case. But I feel also kind of on a slightly personal note, I feel like we did kind of owe them that kind of result because I think they really got away with one earlier in the season at St James's Park when we played them because I think we were all set up to batter them. And as you all know, listeners, if you've been listening to us um, since the start of the season, I'm over it now. But that moment with, when Kieran Clark got him sent off, got you're himself not, sent off, ten minutes in, it. you're still <laughs> talking about it. You're not over it at all. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I, I I really truly believe that we would have absolutely battered Norwich that day. We were still the better team, you know, even with ten men for, for eighty minutes, and I think we were unlucky even still not to come away with three points. So to go and go and get a three 0 win, really satisfying, and it's just nice to get a few goals, get the get that clean sheet. I mean, that's now three clean sheets in our last four games, I, I believe. Um, yeah, just. Looking, just looking strong at both ends. It's yeah, it's just it, I'm I'm really happy. Yeah, um, Newcastle look like a full team now. It doesn't look like bit parts or bit players. It seems to be working as a unit. And I think the one negative is the fact that San Maxman now is not the shining star that he was before. In a way, not saying that he's not useful. I'm just saying that he tends to make a lot of mistakes now because he's used to carrying it. Um, there are other people that he can pass to and I think he just makes those wrong decisions in the heat at the moment a bit so if anyone the player who seems to be playing the worst even though he's not playing badly it sometimes does seem like Sam Maxman but um, yeah he got a lot of momentum now for the last couple of games in the season Um, three of which are quite difficult but as I say how you're playing at the moment you're bound to get something out of at least three, if not all of them. So, yeah, I mean, it's and obviously we we had those the three back to back defeats. You know, Chelsea, Everton, Spurs. The Spurs one obviously being that five one battering, which really uh, you look back at it now really was a bit of an outlier. But after that, you know, the heads could have gone down because even at, even at that point we were we were mostly safe anyway. Um, so to to see such a good response from the players in, in these last few games to, to get right back on that winning uh, that winning train, as it were. I keep using the train metaphor. <laughs> Hopefully not not run by Northern Rail. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to get sued now. Um, <laughs> it's fine. All, all train things are fine. <laughs> no, they're all shite. Yeah. Um. But, again, it really speaks to that, that positivity in the dressing room and, and just that that um, great atmosphere that, that Eddie Howe has fostered 
and that we're now seeing, you know, with the fan connecting with the fans, the team, like it's all as you say, we, we all like a team again. It's all really sort of coming together in a really nice, comprehensive way, uh, which sets us up brilliantly for next season. So, yeah, could not be really more satisfied to be honest with uh, with these two wins. I think the only thing that could have maybe just really added a cherry on top would be if if Chris would have been getting involved as well. But ultimately, yeah, I can't I can't have any complaints whatsoever about that. So that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Unfortunately, from that positivity now, we do have to um, address a slightly more serious, well, a, a far more serious and, and troubling matter. Um, though it is ultimately some good news in that Newcastle finally agreed um, an out-of-court settlement with some, some ex-players who, who were abused by former youth coach George Ormond. Um, I know this, this is a case that's been sort of ongoing for a while and it's, it's great that some early... Well, According to the Athletic, at least three of the players uh, who've started civil claims against the club have been given five-figure sums, and I know that's been a long time coming. So, you know, great news for them. But just a bit of background about this because it's not a story that we've really um, touched on much before or, or at all. I think um, so. Just a few details here, if, it, if it's one that you're not too familiar with. Uh, in 2018, uh, Ormond was convicted on 36 charges of sexual abuse um, against 18 victims. Um, between uh, 1973 and 1998, um, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Uh, although he was never formally employed by Newcastle, he did have uh, links to the youth team as a coach in the 80s and 90s. Um, and yeah, as as we say, um, just first and foremost, our, our hearts obviously go out to those victims. It's it's a pretty horrible and horrifying thing that we, we've seen a lot more of in recent years or heard a lot more about in recent years about Ormond and some of these other figures um, Barry Bunnell being obviously the, the biggest one of some of these youth coaches who um, back in those days just you know perpetrated just some some horrible horrible things on, on, on these on these young boys and young men and it's um, you know they 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 haven't been protected enough by clubs, by the FA. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of bodies that really have, have let have let these uh, let these boys down, and um, obviously, this sort of compensation is it, never going to erase what happened. But hopefully, it, it can at least um, help some of these individuals, and hopefully, um, this is the sign of more to come in terms of. That sort of compensation um, being being distributed, um, you know, to, to these guys, um, and so all, all we can really just say is that you know our thoughts are with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as always, you see, <laughs> as we've <laughs> you know with uh, talking about various like atrocities in Saudi Arabia, it then seems quite trite to just go back to talking about football <laughs> but ultimately that is what we're here to do i mean we could be doing a political podcast and start talking about rwanda so let's take the silver linings while we're here shall we yeah so um so have a little tiny vampire <laughs> just being a bitch um <laughs> so yeah um what it comes down to is newcastle playing liverpool next next week next saturday uh, we've, we've got them in between two legs of their Champions League semi-final with Villarreal, so the hope... So, yeah, again, another potential <laughs> positive with another team that's in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Your match, to be honest, to them doesn't matter at all. Well, it, that's it the does, thing. It, it, it does, does to an they're, extent, yeah. They're, they're going for this quadruple, which would be um, pretty much unprecedented in English football. 
but to be honest, they've been involved in all these competitions and at the time of recording, we are recording this before Liverpool play Everton, but let's face it, they are uh, about win. a 99% chance they're going to batter <laughs> Everton in that match. Um, but as of just before that game, uh, they've won 11 of their last 12 Premier League games <laughs> and the only one that they failed to win was a draw away at Man City. So, And obviously th- that whole time they have been involved in the Champions League and all this other stuff. So it's... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that the fact that you know we're playing them in the midst of their semi-final is necessarily going to be a huge boon, but clutching at some straws, hopefully, it does maybe help us a little bit. Um, You've not beaten them since 2015, um, but two of your last three meetings have been a draw. Liverpool, for some reason, have always, in recent years, anyway, recent times, seem to struggle um, at Newcastle, and I don't. I don't know why. Hopefully, with this team that's now a lot more aggressive, um, yeah, hunting the ball down, uh, committing players. Hopefully, that's enough to put Liverpool off because all you need to do is just stop them from playing the game. But you know, as soon as they get into flow, a bit like what Tottenham did to you the other day, um, it, it, you know, it, it has the potential to go either or. I think this one. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're carrying loads of momentum into the game, which I think is very important, as we said. We've got four games left of the season now. We've got Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal and Burnley. So you certainly look at those next three in particular. Um, I think the last one will largely depend on on whether... Bur- if Burnley is safe, then I think there's a decent chance we might get something from that game. If Burnley aren't safe and they're really scrapping for their lives, uh, or, or, sorry, or if Burnley are already down, then it, you know that, that last game um, hopefully will could be quite straightforward for us if Burnley are fighting for their lives it's going to be a real tough one but certainly yeah you look at those next three Liverpool City Arsenal the way that those teams are playing right now yeah it's going to be it's going to be really tricky but as I say we, we've given ourselves at least as good a chance as possible in terms of momentum four wins in a row carrying uh, that we're carrying into those this tough run now uh, I think what will be very useful actually and I'm really glad that we're not going into this uh, with our survival still um, on the cards because then I really would be uh, it would be squeaky bum time as they say but it's going to be a really useful exercise for Newcastle I think now even though we're coming in with all this positivity we're playing so much better than all the rest of it it's going to be useful in terms of just, just seeing how far off these other teams that we're aspiring to uh, rival in the table and I, I think as good as we are doing at the moment I imagine it, it probably will be a stark reminder of how far we do still need to go um to to sort of close that that well gulf to be <laughs> to be honest but yeah. if we can come out of it you know not only with this game but yeah the, the, those couple afterwards if we can maybe you, a not lose all three that'd be great yeah i think if you come out with it saying and, and quite and honestly say are we going to the game there yeah that's that's the important thing like if win or lose Oh, we almost had him, or, or we just needed to make those, take the most of those chances, or, or they were lucky and our defence just shut off for a couple of seconds and, mm. and then they took it through. But, yeah, uh, to be honest, the pressure's on them to, to win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for, for Newcastle at this point, they've just got to go out and play their hearts out and not worry about anything. What, what will be, will be. Whereas for Liverpool, Man City um, and Arsenal, they're all playing for their spots and how far they can go. So, and also the expectation is that they will win. Um, so, yeah, you've got 
you got a bit of a chill time, to be honest, for those three matches. Yeah, it's against difficult opposition, but hey, so as there are. So yeah, I mean, as you say, in a sense, really, we've got nothing to lose going into it. Now we've we've done so well to get ourselves into that position that I suppose yeah, we can we can have a bit of freedom to go into it. And as as Alan Shearer said on match of the day, Newcastle have a lot of potential to actually uh, impact the title race, given that we play both Liverpool and. Man City plus one, we inevitably beat both of them. Well, <laughs> you know, it's all, it'll be um, it'll be back to as uh, it'll be as you were for them. But yeah, I think yeah, I think as you say, obviously it'd be it'd be brilliant to to get um, get a point or something like that. But yeah, as much as anything else, I think these next these next few games, it'll just be looking at the performances and just seeing seeing what we can do on that front, and hopefully. Avoid uh, what happened to us against Tottenham because, um, yeah, obviously that was, as we said, uh, looking back, a bit of an outlier. But that was obviously the, the most disappointing that we've actually had, um, you know, really since Eddie Howe took charge. And I'm sure he'll be keen to um, to avoid a repeat of that. But be good to see how we get on. Yeah, exactly. In the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. And we've been Magpies Unrestricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And as always, thank you, listeners. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.